Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Project Egg. Today, we're going in the city, live, walking around. I'd like to introduce you to my good friend Lee. How you doing? How you doing? Great. Pleasure to be in the city. Oh man, I am very honored that you would not only come to the city, but do an interview walking around the city of New Orleans. So, Lee here is the CTO and co-founder of OutServe. Lee, what is your story? Let's talk about it as we walk. Excellent. Okay. So this is going to be very interesting. It's uh, first of all, it's my first time in uh, New Orleans, and it's uh, possibly the loudest day of the week uh, with street performers uh, all around us. Um, I'm a CTO and co-founder of a technology education company mm -hmm. called Altert. We, to oversimplify it, we centralize the professional certifications. Okay. Of all the companies in all technology areas mm -hmm. uh, and one day we hope to be for technology education what Facebook is for social media um, and what LinkedIn is for your work and business life so it's been an interesting journey three years into this uh, yeah I'm in the process of doing a three-month road trip mm -hmm. also outreach with community uh, community colleges across the United States uh, RSA Security Conference, Open Source Leadership Summit, SUSE Linux event, uh, showing off the... Uh, nice! Make sure that everyone can see uh, <laughs> swag, uh, which is something that a lot of uh, us geeks uh, dig. Yeah. Uh, laptop stickers and uh, stuff like that. You know, awesome. never, never grow up. <laughs> Why should we though, right? Uh, well, some of us have more head than others, you know, <laughs> oh. eventually it catches up. <laughs> Dude, I'm losing it. I'm losing it for sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so tell me a little bit about your childhood. What sort of family did you uh, grow up in? Where were you raised? Wow. Uh, it, it wasn't anywhere near uh, Sweet Louisiana. Uh, I was actually uh, born in England, um, raised in Israel. Uh, for the first pretty much 15 years of my life yeah. and kind of in a zigzagging between Israel and England mm -hmm. uh, ended up dropping out of well kind of being kicked out of high school mm -hmm. uh, later mind on, if I ask why? Yeah, there was uh, religious education uh, in London and it wasn't my thing mm -hmm. I kind of uh, gave myself some uh, credits not to show up and um, it didn't resonate well with some of the teachers, mm -hmm. even though I was a really good student, I was yep. being kicked out. And because of my brother's awesome performance elsewhere, yeah. I ended up getting accepted to his school the very same day. Wow. It was, uh, it may be an anomaly, maybe it was a glitch in the matrix, mm -hmm. uh, but what happened is that they thought that he's this guy's brother, what can go wrong? They didn't <laughs> get a chance to get to know me, so they accepted me straight away yeah. before looking at uh, the reasons that I didn't do well. Mm -hmm. So um, that was interesting. I ended up uh, going to Leeds University in England, mm -hmm. uh, following, um, wow, it's a, it, it's a blackout. Um, well, I was inspired by robotics at the time and I ended up going to read mechatronics, uh, but University life was amazing, mm -hmm. big party time. Ended up getting, you know, dropping out there and uh, dropping out overall four times from universities wow. over time. Uh, but I am 
passionate about technology education and that, that's my gig. Mm. Uh, it did not happen at university. Yeah. It did resonate really well with hey, certifications yeah. rather than degrees. And also being an employee, yeah. I find myself many times getting promoted, getting promoted again and then getting fired. And this is what entrepreneurialism is about, that yeah. uh, you get experience in someone else's gig mm -hmm. until you no longer fit right. and ultimately your true colors may show yeah. and you end up setting up your own stuff. That's amazing. Let's let's keep walking here. So what was your relationship like with your parents? Were they, did they move with you in Israel? Like yeah. how did that dynamic work yeah, out? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I grew up in a kibbutz, which is oh. a communal settlement. My and uncle that's, all right, yeah. excellent. So, uh -huh. so this is um, this is kind of a different time, different place. It's a communal area that a communal settlement that uh, a lot of startup co a lot of startup founders in mm -hmm. the uh, Israeli ecosystem yeah. come out of the kibbutz. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is that you grow up with no money because you don't need money. Right. You have access to all the resources that you need. Mm -hmm. Nothing costs money. Right. You have abundance. Yeah. And then you, when you move out to the big city and mm -hmm. you start paying for groceries instead of having everything for free, right. then you think, well, that doesn't make sense. So yeah. you end up becoming a capitalist, but a different sort of capitalist. So it's it's somewhere the uh, uh, the switch from socialism to capitalism mm -hmm. leaves you as a social capitalist okay. and having an abundant mentality. Mm -hmm. So when you drive through Texas and you think, oh my God, Texas is like 34 times bigger than Israel. Yeah. And when people say you can't come to the United States because it is nowhere, it's, it's all four people, mm -hmm. too many people in the US, too many people in the world. And you think, wow, it's like, Israel is less than three percent as big as Texas. No one's yeah. going to notice if I create a little Israel here or a little, uh, you know, a little city or another kibbutz, you know, and do your own thing. Right. So it's inspirational. That is inspirational. Yeah. So it seems as if, and you know, please forgive me if I'm overstepping my bounds, but it seems like you're not really that fond of talking about yourself and your your relationships with your you know with your family members oh. is that is that a sore subject oh wow uh, yes it is but I can talk about it please um, let's do it. I can say that uh, I had an amazing childhood mm -hmm. uh, life was really good I'm yeah. re very thankful for my parents mm -hmm. for everything that they've done yeah uh, when it comes to to learning from parents mm -hmm. I think that some in some cases I have friends whose parents are very inspirational mm -hmm. um, I know that my, my own personal father was very good at what he did mm -hmm. uh, being an artist yeah um, and also somewhat entrepreneurial with a lot of ideas mm -hmm. just people have different styles and sometimes yeah. you try to work with family members mm -hmm. and you fail miserably yeah and you know people may, may say to you told you so mm -hmm. and they did yeah uh, same thing with business yeah You're always gonna end up Recruiting people and saying goodbye mm -hmm. uh, Just like you have partners throughout your life and then things don't work out until eventually they do right uh, so I think that failure with relationships failure with business yeah um, skirmishes with people that are close to you mm -hmm. business partners family members It's natural. Yeah, you know, there's a <laughs> So movie recently bad moms. Yeah, 
and I'm a bad mom. You know? <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. So, what inspired your love for technology? Like, where did that come from? I mean, you mentioned robotics earlier, and it seems obviously, you know, you're the CTO and co-founder of a, of a technology-based company. You know, where did that come from? Where did that passion come from? I actually stepped away from technology many years, um, several times over the years. Mm -hmm. So, uh, unlike some of my friends who've been coding from the age of nine, mm -hmm. I was coding without a computer on a piece of paper with Pascal back wow. in the 80s. But I stepped away from this and I went back to this. Mm -hmm. uh, at university we had Unix, mm -hmm. uh, big SunSpark machines. I actually fell asleep on the first day of university. Uh, so there's, there's good foundation to dropping out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but um, over the years, I think that it, it's, it's, it's like a Las Vegas buffet. Technology, there, there are so many different fields that people are not really aware of to begin with. Mm -hmm. And with certifications, it's very easy to go grab something at the foundation level, yeah. whether it's uh, Linux, Python, uh, ethical hacking, virtual reality, mm -hmm. games development. Yeah. Uh, so many different things that I recommend for people to go ahead and taste mm -hmm. and try a little bit right. rather than just go gung-ho all the way on one particular subject. Right. And where you might find your niche, mm -hmm. it might be a hybrid rather ah. than one specific discipline. A little bit of this, a little bit a of little that. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. And mm -hmm. that is something that might give you the edge whether you're trying to go for a job mm -hmm. or also when you try to move forward and get into something that's new. Yeah. So right now you can see the DevOps, it's really kind of sec DevOps. There's also more security in the DevOps. Mm -hmm. You can see that um, Amazon AWS came out recently with a security certification, uh -huh. which is fantastic. And they also have machine learning right. certification and, and big data. So, which is insane to think because those industries didn't even exist 20, 30 years ago. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, uh, apps. Uh, mm -hmm. I remember in 2010 in uh, California yeah. purchasing my first Starbucks without money uh, using the app. Yeah. And that was amazing. And I was very excited telling my friends about this. And people say, hey, it's useless because the majority of people don't have smartphones. Mm -hmm. And it was like, hold my beer. <laughs> you know, it's gonna, it won't be long before before it will be difficult to find something that's not a smartphone. This right. time is coming. So so the apps have been around for for the better part of a decade. Mm -hmm. And what's going to happen a year from now, two years from now, mm -hmm. five years from now, and more. Yeah. You need to have a little bit of vision, but everyone around you is already trying to tell you, wake up, diversify, make sure that you're learning different skills, make sure that you're learning programming, yeah. Linux, open source, but also make sure that you're stepping into into core skills, soft skills, kind of layer eight type of stuff, what we call right. uh, problem solving, critical thinking. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that for you guys, millennials, you know, people with hair on your head. Um, <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> to, have, uh, to be able to engage in conversation mm. rather than just look at the screens like my kids yeah. and to, to make eye contact. Mm -hmm. These are skills that we think that we may need to use technology to solve the problems that technology cr created in the first place. Ah. So if someone can get addicted to Fortnite, mm -hmm. they can also get addicted to such games that make it cool and necessary 
mm -hmm. to move forward in the ranks, in the levels, are when you have those skills, those social skills. Right. Yeah. Even if it means social social engineering skills for hacking. That's whatever works. Brilliant. So is that so let's talk about let's talk about your company a little bit more. How does how does your company create the value in that in that ecosystem and then how do you capture it as well? Well the simple value proposition is mm -hmm. that uh, we're looking for professional certifications rather than a degree. A degree is right. like a monolith. It's mm -hmm. a big stake. Yeah. Whereas the professional certification can be a nibble, mm -hmm. can be a bite. And you can get started and get certified. Right. We, we, you, you do the training, you take the exam. It's not ours. We don't do exams. Mm -hmm. We hook up with everyone else. Ah. Uh, we already have 100 collaborations. There are a thousand, over a thousand organizations that have certification programs. Yeah. Uh, over 5,000 certifications mm -hmm. in over 150, 200 different disciplines. That's amazing. Uh, some disciplines can be wide like cybersecurity or mm -hmm. narrow like malware analysis and ethical hacking. Yeah. Uh, and it's important for us to, sh to show you that rather than just Googling the stuff, mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to go to this, to the certification hub, so to speak, yeah. and to start building a roadmap of what's of interest. So you can go ahead and tag organizations, certifications, technology mm -hmm. areas, build a roadmap, mm -hmm. and then go ahead and display the badges for all the stuff that you've done. And you may start at level one or in le level half in some cases, right. and move up to, uh, to expert level, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's a Cisco or uh, Linux or whatever it is. So it seems like it's almost like a build your own adventure with learning and getting certified and actually building skills that are gonna help you succeed in the future with technology absolutely and this is something that is in collaboration with everyone else because it's not a one-stop shop it's right. a hub mm -hmm. we'd still say hey you want to do Linux from uh, LPI or Comtia uh -huh. the best thing you can do is go to either a company like uh, linuxacademy.com uh -huh. online or we might redirect you to a local community college to sit okay. in the classroom it doesn't make a difference to us where you study and how you study what's important for us is that you build your uh, technology education roadmap, like mm -hmm. Lego, yeah, you know, different colors, different keep sizes, adding a keep little bit, adding, mm -hmm. and you build something sizable over time. It's not just about getting certified, getting a, getting a job, and you're done. Mm -hmm. So it seems like, and I, I didn't understand this at first, but it seems like y'all are more of the uh, the, the conduit. Y'all are the catalyst Absolutely for it. The so platform. it's That's almost right. like you're matching the student mm -hmm. with the. Uh, provider the knowledge that's provider. right that's right we want to make sure that it's it's um, mm -hmm. the options are more accessible yeah and manageable because if you search something on Google yeah they keep the information about you right you don't have access to those tags mm -hmm. uh, this is somewhere that you're able to build the roadmap yourself mm -hmm. change amend the roadmap yourself the stuff that you like yeah. the stuff you decide you no longer like and just get rid of it wow. but the roadmap is something that you end up owning yeah and also displaying the stuff that you've done which mm -hmm. in the future you'll be able to do so much more with it ah so almost giving you a place to, to represent off. yourself and to show, to show off, off that's your brilliant like you do mm -hmm. on linkedin yeah but with a bit more spice with a bit yeah. more finesse and this is something that you'll be able to uh in due course uh, press a button and, and have an output your resume with the badges inside as well. Wow. So, I mean, there's a lot 
in the pipeline. It's oh, very yeah. two-dimensional mm -hmm. at the moment. Business development like this particular road trip. Mm -hmm. It's uh, going to events. Uh, I'm going to be in a couple days, um, three days in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. I'm going to the SUSE Linux conference, mm -hmm. SUSECon. Um, this is the annual event of the year. Wow. And this is another opportunity to engage with vendors, mm -hmm. to meet community colleges, to yeah. meet influentials in mm -hmm. technology. So it's a lot of outreach as well. That's awesome. So you, we, we were talking about a little bit earlier with solving problems that technology has created with technology. Absolutely. For example, the social engineering, right? That is so interesting to me because it seems like as we get more dependent on technology, we become less social in a way, right? It's, it's almost like the more we engage with social media, the less we actually go out and have a face-to-face -face conversation with somebody. So where do you see the biggest uh, opportunities for people? So let's say somebody is, is young and they want to set themselves apart and they want to take themselves to the next level, what sort of skills do you think are going to be the ones that they can use technology to learn to get ahead using your platform? Right, okay, so our platform is something that is dependent mm -hmm. on collaboration with everybody else, all the different right. vendors and the associations. Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, certifications, not all of them are amazing. Mm -hmm. Not all of them are amazing. But what we want to do um, as we capture the market is yeah. to influence the market together with our major strategic partners. Mm -hmm. And what this means is that in future you'll see different yeah. ways of training mm -hmm. and also different ways of doing the exams. What does that mean? Instead of like the good old 80s, mm -hmm. 90s really, um, yeah. sitting, learning from a book mm -hmm. and then having multiple choice yeah. and cramming, mm -hmm. passing the exam, uh, maybe even using using an exam dump, yeah. exam dump uh, kind of cheating, mm -hmm. um, and then never again touching or using the technology anymore yeah. once you're, you have the piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And these were called paper sets. Yeah. Uh, the real deal of the future is that every certification mm -hmm. would hopefully be project-oriented, mm -hmm. uh, performance-based, have uh, elements of gamification as well. I mentioned like, Fortnite. Almost like building your portfolio as you learn. Yes. Mm -hmm. So imagine that you're able to learn Linux while holding a gun, running inside a bubble and shouting to your friends in Chinese, <laughs> even though you don't speak Chinese. Uh, but be able to learn skills yeah. while playing a game. Mm -hmm. And this means that learning is not becoming a chore, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's something fun. that you get addicted to. And if you're able to get addicted to education, right. then the holy grail, and this is something that would be amazing to see within a few years, mm -hmm. but imagine that you're a student and yeah. you're fresh mm -hmm. and you're taking a path. Yeah. And in this path, you're going to be learning. First of all, you assume a debt, mm -hmm. which comes with a responsibility. Right. And you're, as you go along and mm -hmm. are learning and are working in a project and right. are working with other people, mm -hmm. you're actually producing output that is useful to the marketplace. So the marketplace right. is able to pay you while you're learning. And by the time you graduate, ah. you're able to have zero debt. Wow. You're able to either have a job or clients as a freelancer. Wow. And you're certified, and that would be the holy grail, balancing those, oh both sides of the equilibrium. How to do this? Well, this is very simplistic, but yeah. I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. A company called eLearn Security. Yeah. Uh, it, it's been a while, but I think that with their mobile pen testing mm -hmm. certification, you actually practice legally 
hacking <laughs> 16 real real apps yeah so by the time you graduate from with that certification you're able to say hey i have experience it's not just wow. a certification but i have experience mm -hmm. doing penetration testing and writing the report for it that's for amazing. 16 different apps and Dude, you can do this with anything that's incredible so so I'm not sure how far out that is, but the idea of going and building skills and using the the projects that you're learning from as revenue generation tools to pay for that education. So you're basically like learning for free and building a portfolio and getting clients like that is the holy grail. That's amazing. How far out do you think that is? Because once we get there, it would almost seem like the ones who get into that early on are going to have an insanely unfair advantage on everybody else in the market. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh -huh. I think that ideas are nice to have, mm -hmm. but execution is the key. Right. In some cases, I can go ahead and tell people a whole bunch of secrets knowing that no one's going to do anything about it. Yeah. Execution is massive focus and it comes at a price. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, to execute an idea like this or anything, yeah. it's, um, it's time, it's money, mm -hmm. it's sweat equity, it's family sacrifice, it's yeah. opportunity cost leaving a job sometimes yeah. to do this on oh, a full-time yeah. basis. And I think that holy grails like this, in our case, mm -hmm. would largely depend on the strategic partnerships that we already have in place. Ah. Uh, I'm meeting next week with a good friend of mine, uh, James Azar, who's mm -hmm. the uh, co-founder and CMO of Cyber Hub Summit mm -hmm. in Atlanta. Yeah. He actually interviewed me at RSA conference in San Francisco wow. uh, earlier this month. Mm -hmm. and. We're going to be launching uh, CISO, C-I-S-O, mm -hmm. uh, stands for uh, Chief Information Security Officer. Uh -huh. So CISO.TV, yeah. um, DevOps.TV, and Cyborg.TV. Mm -hmm. Those are going to be uh, TV channels, online TV channels, focusing on those segments for security managers, mm -hmm. uh, for Cyborg staff, for DevOps staff, and we're going to be depending again on our partners wow. to execute any idea, mm -hmm. whether this or the whole listen to this and say, hey, this is a great idea. I'm going to go for it. And I mm -hmm. say, hey, good luck. Yeah. You know, we're, we're never afraid of competition. Yeah. Sometimes we don't have competition at all. Yeah. And that's okay. And sometimes if we do have some sort of competition or something else, mm -hmm. hey, that's great. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's important to know that you have a lot of um, tricks up your sleeves. Mm -hmm and that you're confident that you're going to be working very hard to execute something because ideas you know many times you have, you have an amazing idea some already thought about it yeah some already failed at it several times yeah and it's it's your time to shine if wow. someone else can hear this and decide that they want to go and do something whether they compete with us or they don't and mm -hmm. they get any ideas and you know fair game and good luck wow. you know so it seems like this holy grail is a, a ways away 
right? I mean, is that is that kind of what I'm hearing? It's um, it, it's it's one of the many things in the pipeline. You know, you can see uh, this, if you can dig this uh, the, the shirt I'm wearing let's, here. Let's get a quick zoom in on. Okay, that. so it's this awesome is uh, lithium, nitrogen, uranium, and xenon. Mm -hmm. For those who understand the uh, periodical table mm -hmm. in chemistry, yeah, uh, and this kind of uh, spells or misspells and dispels Linux. Mm -hmm. Linux is an operating system. It's uh, the gateway to everything that is uh, open source, largely of uh, you know uh, the open source communities. Mm -hmm. And a couple of years ago, we, in addition to having Outset now for three three odd years, mm -hmm. we launched Linux communities. Ah. And Linux communities is the amalgamation of about 100, 100 different groups on Facebook, mm -hmm. like uh, USA Linux community, Singapore, Philippines, oh, India wow. Linux community. So it's kind of geo-based mm -hmm. Linux communities. Yeah. And this is another way for us to go ahead and bring Linux and open source to geographical communities mm -hmm. and also allow other existing groups to work within this. That's so amazing. just the fact that everyone has already done, you know, some people may have already done something before you, does not mean that you cannot go ahead, create large groups, right. able to engage through those groups, mm -hmm. able to have some marketing campaigns for deals that you have and push it at no cost to you wow. through those groups. So, you know, someone looking for uh, exam vouchers, for example, for codes mm -hmm. uh, on different vendors, many times are likely to end up using our codes as well. That's another a way for us to monetize. Yeah, uh, we, we have several different ways that we monetize the company. We, mm -hmm. we didn't yet take any investment. Wow. We've been monetizing for two years. Yeah, and it's something that um, I don't know. In, in your in your experience, did you talk mostly to people that, that raise money or any bootstraps as well? There's a lot of uh, a lot of different buckets. Um, I'd say probably the smallest bucket are people who went and did a, a seed round or, or uh, raised money from, from other people. Most of them actually did do it on their own and, and bootstrapped it. Interesting, to what level? Um, I mean, I'd, the, the most successful guest that I've had on the show as of today um, owns a company worth about $100 million. Bootstrap all the way? I believe so. I could be wrong once he got once he got up and running, but I believe he did uh, he did bootstrap from the beginning. Right. Excellent. So uh, this is something very interesting mm -hmm. because nowadays you can uh, fire up a server on AWS or Microsoft Azure, Google Cloud, yeah. Alibaba Cloud, anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, with a credit card, you can easily start up a company mm -hmm. uh, once you have something already going on um, and it can be up and running for very little money. Right. The key is also finding the right people to work with you. Exactly. Even if you are the dominant force in the company, mm -hmm. you still need to have other people there, even if it's for your psychological benefit. Exactly. To know that you're not the dumb guy on stage. Yep. You can't do it alone. You might be able to. Um, but it's it's good if you're able to fool yourself to think that you're not alone that there are some people with you. See, so you have multiple personalities or, or whatever it is. But it's very important to to have yeah. to have a dream team mm -hmm. and to know that just like uh, just like marriage, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily going to be perfect. Yeah, but you, you're still able to uh, to have that to be able to three years look back and say, hey, we're doing something right. That's we're going to screw up, we're going to make mistakes, oh, we're yeah. going to pivot, mm -hmm. we're going to have new ideas, we're going to 
ups and downs, like yeah. everything else. That's incredible. So, let's talk about the future. Because we've talked about it a little bit, but I kind of want to ask outright. What do you see as some of the biggest opportunities in in technology moving forward? Like, you know, maybe... No, I'll, I'll leave it at that. What do you see as some of the, the biggest opportunities? Wow. Okay. Uh, if I were able to duplicate myself mm-hmm. into a whole bunch of different instances, yeah. I think that out of... I don't know, 150, 200 different technology areas. Mm-hmm. If we narrow it down because there's a bit of overlap, mm-hmm. let's say from 100 different technology areas, yeah. I could easily pick 20, 30 yeah. that I would have liked to have hands-on focus. Mm-hmm. It can be anything. It can be uh, AI, it can be machine learning, mm-hmm. it can be virtual reality, games yeah. development. It could be um, combinations mm-hmm. of these. And I would jump 100% into any of them wow. and start swimming and knowing that I made the right decision and everything is fine. Right. And I remember that I learned you know, mechatronics and robotics mm-hmm. when, you know, when, when you're a toddler. <laughs> you know, this is, um, we're talking about Terminator 2 <laughs> that, yeah. uh, that inspired me to, uh, to study robotics. We're actually really? the, the second year of robotics and mechatronics uh-huh. at Leeds University in England, mm-hmm. uh, 93. And anything that you go for mm-hmm. with technologies, there's so much, so many different trending technologies, but there's so much of it that yeah. you're able to just go ahead, pick something that you're passionate about. Yeah. Try also to have several different disciplines, whether you know, have programming together with big data, together mm-hmm. with AI, together with your own flavor. You may be an artist. Yeah. If you're an artist, you know, get into Unity 3D. Uh, games development you can get certified with storytelling and animation animation wow. okay and have your own your own flavor so just follow your passion and I'm sure that someone is going to recognize it somewhere and and whether they give you an awesome job or if you create your own gig invest in yourself yeah I, invest, investment is a different gig mm-hmm. I think that um, I, I am an entrepreneur but mm-hmm. I'm also a lousy investor I may put my money on something and then when it goes down think no 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 it's going to be okay I'm optimistic they're going to recover yeah. and they're not going to mm-hmm. and I'm not inside that company and they're not going to make it yeah. and it's someone else's gig there's nothing I can do about it right. if it were me if it were my business as the entrepreneur mm-hmm. I'd find a way that makes sense to me even if other people can't see this mm-hmm. but I'm inside as an investor I'm too optimistic mm-hmm. to be a good investor so Are you more of the visionary who you want to see the future, create the future, and, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, move around the the resources, or are you more like in the trenches doing the dirty work day-to-day type of guy? What's the difference? I'm not sure. (laughs) So, yeah, so both. A and B, um, it's... It's knowing as a visionary also when to step out mm-hmm. and recognize that you're assembling a team mm-hmm. of other competent people. Yeah. If you fail to find the, comp- the competent people that you need, mm-hmm. keep looking Yeah. and you'll find them. So this is ultimately your leverage to make sure that you're not a one-man band all the way. Right. And it's important to have other people that are able to, uh, to, to take some of the work from you. Yeah. So definitely, I am the visionary, mm-hmm. but getting the hands dirty, you, 
you deal with so many different systems. It's not just about putting a website up that people see mm-hmm. and have an opinion about what you do. Right. What people can't see is all the stuff, all the roadmap, all the features that you're working on mm-hmm. uh, to launch. And they can see your technique sometimes, but they can't see your strategy. Right. And so visionary is important, but it's also important to have the hands-on. Absolutely. To get your hands dirty, mm-hmm. to understand the technologies. Just for example, visionary. Um, I think that uh, a year ago, maybe a couple years ago, mm-hmm. uh, Amazon, uh, a friend of mine who works at AWS said mm-hmm. that uh, they, I, I don't know how correct those figures are, but they said that they were, you know, uh, launch. They're they're releasing how many versions a year were Amazon releasing on the platform? Yeah, the whole year, and the uh, the number is staggering. You know, mm-hmm. if, if I ask someone who's not technical at all yeah. that question and say, what do you think? Maybe twice a year, ten times, a hundred times, whatever figure they give me is not going to be close to what it is. Right. The answer was in the region of fifty million times. Oh my goodness! And so how do you do that? And this is. Um, this is through DevOps. This is through continuous uh, uh, delivery, continuous integration, mm-hmm. that you're able to work in a different way to the old monolith. Yeah. You don't need to have all the components in place before you release mm-hmm. a version. It's broken down into small components. Right. And to oversimplify what virtualization is today, mm-hmm. virtualization, which is relevant for us in business, because that's why you and I don't need to go buy hardware right. when we have a website. Uh, just to those who are, uh, you know, uh, not to those who maybe are very young and don't remember those days. Mm-hmm. Hardware used to cost thousands, many thousands of dollars, wow. and you needed many times to have an IT person who's dealing with the hardware. Uh, God help you if something went wrong. <laughs> uh, massive expenditure. <laughs> yeah. But what happened is that there was a leap from uh, physical. Mm-hmm to the virtual machine mm-hmm. and from the virtual machine onto con- what's called containers yeah. and from containers now into serverless. Like the and cloud. Specifically, even all the virtual machines that are in the cloud, there are further leaps into containers mm-hmm. and another jump into serverless and ah. Lambda. And what this means is that you're able to collapse the cloud mm-hmm. into code and to launch clouds, virtual clouds, additional clouds from several lines of code. Uh-huh. And I've seen something phenomenal called uh, Story Script mm-hmm. recently at the Open Source Leadership Summit that uh, pretty much collapses three days of a person's work into several minutes. Wow. So yes, you need to learn a bit of, I don't know, if you, did you see the movie um, Karate Kid? Uh-uh. With Ralph Macho? I need to. It's 1986. 1986 movie highly recommended to those who know what is wax on wax off oh oh i know yes. what you're talking about yeah yes so <laughs> we catches the fly or Sun, absolutely so wax on wax off yeah and the difference is if you truly understand technology mm-hmm. you're able to have a competitive edge right. that someone who's not technical doesn't understand right and how can your business mm-hmm. be competitive if you don't understand technology that's true so I think that yes, it's absolutely imperative that technical people understand business mm-hmm. and you'd expect the chief information security officer of a company to have an MBA, to have understanding of business. It's critical. Mm-hmm. That said, it's highly imperative that the receptionist and the CEO understand security principles, otherwise right. they're using a computer uh, without realizing the risks that, that pose in the organization. Yep. 
and also to understand that underneath every API, every application programmable interface that mm -hmm. link processes between different systems, yeah. there's a business relationship. And likewise, underneath every business relationship, there's an API mm -hmm. going on. So it's very important that people understand technology mm -hmm. and understand business. Whether they're a technical person mm -hmm. or a business person, definitely if they're both in my case. That's brilliant. So let's talk about connection, right? And, and I'm really interested to hear your take on this because... One of the, the bedrocks of this show is connection, right? Connection between you and I as friends, as, as guests and hosts, and then us and, and the audience, the audience members with each other. So I'm fascinated by connection, right? And I want to know, what is your philosophy on developing meaningful, deep, and genuine human connection? This is where I talk about food. <laughs> Look, we have music here. We have... Uh right now it's not hot like it was earlier today and we're here we're not yeah. having a Skype conversation mm -hmm. we're inside a certain environment right now meeting for the first time mm -hmm. me on my road trip this is your turf now when I was uh, exhibiting a few months ago at Cybertech in Tel Aviv mm -hmm. which is beautiful it's like a three-day event 15,000 people from all over the world yeah uh, we have uh, such a vibrant startup ecosystem mm -hmm. in Israel and cybersecurity it's phenomenal so many of my friends and people that I know set up their own companies yeah you know some of them already sold on um, I had investment bankers come to me mm -hmm and talk to me about investing and put, putting people in the company and mm -hmm. doing stuff and for me it was like well we're not really ready for this right we're a b2c platform mm -hmm. and for us we're already monetizing so we can grow without the investment right Why until until we're investment ready mm -hmm. we're not ready yet yeah what's important for me when i meet people like that mm -hmm. um is the connection yeah. so we might be ready but you need the foreplay right now yeah. You want to invest in six months, in a year. It's not just about us running after you. Mm -hmm. It's also about you meeting for a cup of coffee. Right. It's about us. We say, you know, we, we talk about food. We have a beautiful uh, uh, North African dish called shakshuka. Mm -hmm. And shakshuka is like uh, eggs that you put inside this uh, red sauce with lots of tomatoes and some tomatoes yeah. uh, and red peppers. And you can also have your own dish or your, your own flavors mm -hmm. around this. But that breakfast dish mm -hmm. is something that you sit down and you chill and you enjoy the moment and you drink coffee and you build relationships. Right. And that makes it so much easier to relate to people mm -hmm. when you chill, when you're not wearing a suit. Mm -hmm. And then when you do work with them in, in, in a work environment, yeah. you can work from the coffee place. You don't have to be stuck in the office all the time. Right. So it's very important to bring down the silos mm -hmm. to remember that a hundred years from now, your business might still be around. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Hopefully. But who cares? Yeah. Because you, know, you might not be here. Right. And that's the important thing to remember that business aside, what, what is everything about anyway? Right, and it's about those connections. It's about your family. Mm -hmm. It's it's how you're with your kids, with your parents, with the community, with the country. Stuff that you do to give back as well. Yeah, uh, 
in where when you need help to raise your hand and say hey I'm stuck yeah I need help and it doesn't matter if you're 20 if you're 40 or if you're 60 mm -hmm. sometimes am I allowed to say the s word here yeah okay I'm not gonna say it I've been <laughs> using it too much so um, so sometimes when that happens you need to raise your hand and say hey I took a bullet and need help mm -hmm. and it's uh it's not easy at yeah. any time you know we are we have the ego is a very important positive force mm -hmm. and it's also a very negative force sometimes when we, right. when we misuse it so learning how to offer help mm -hmm. for those who haven't learned to do that and learning uh, when, when you need to shout and ask for help as well it's so interesting to me how even being so deeply entrenched in the technology community and and your company's based around technology there's still that element of human connection, right? I mean, Linux yes. communities. Yeah. And and it's, it, I mean, you're you're essentially connecting people mm -hmm. with the resources that they need to develop in the technology field, mm -hmm. right? That is yeah. so interesting. To me. Yeah. We call this layer eight mm -hmm. because the OSI uh, model, the OSI mm -hmm. model is as a seven layer structure to explain how computer networking works. Yeah from the application level all the way down to the physical level mm -hmm. and then to the physical level all the way back to the application level wow. and above that level mm -hmm. uh, above that uh, layer 8 what we call layer 7 mm -hmm. sorry layer 8 which is not formal mm -hmm. it's anything to do with with people with politics mm -hmm. with bs uh, also with social engineering that we mentioned because you know yeah. uh, ethical hackers or not so ethical ones as well mm -hmm. uh, to to fool people to get information right. to have them read the last 16 digit numbers of the uh, of this last 16, 16 digits of their credit card mm -hmm. um, that's layer 8 it's not technical but the layer eight is what gives meaning to all the other seven layers underneath it. How cool is hacking if nobody's looking? Right. How cool is hacking if there's no human emotion of, hey, great, I managed to do something. Wow. I accomplished, even if no one knows, I know about it. Mm -hmm. And I have that feeling. Yep. So layers one to seven are technology mm -hmm. and are absolutely meaningless without the human emotion underneath or over it that's amazing and you know talking about connection and and it's funny you mentioned uh you know that that dish and about shakshuka 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 yes shakshuka just uh, look it up Okay. Wikipedia, Google, learn how to make it. It's going to be your favorite breakfast dish. Yeah, Those who love awesome. uh, meat or aubergines or eggplants mm -hmm. or you know different flavors, uh, you can go crazy and uh, have your own distro. That's awesome. Uh, it's beautiful. So it's interesting to me how those are the things that uh, that you would that you would talk about and that really stick out to you. And to me, it seems like what we're doing right now is is one of those things you know i i i don't know about you but i really don't think i will ever forget this this moment like i, I really don't think that having this conversation walking around this park in this exact time talking about the things that we're doing doing as much as we can to give as much value to people to me that's an amazing uh 
I don't know. I feel I feel very connected to, to the mission that we're on right now to, to help other people. So I wanted to thank you very much for for being a part of it. Thank um, you. It's truly been been an honor to, to meet you and, and to speak with you. Um, have a few more questions for you, and then then I want to want to wrap up pretty soon. Um, my arm's getting a little tired, and you know. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, what is your greatest theory? Wow. About what? Whatever, whatever came to your mind first. I. It's a really good question. What's the next one? Why is that your theory? <laughs> I think that. Okay, let, let's let's do something with it. Let's let's roll with it. Yeah. I think that sometimes it's imperative to have a direction and to have value. Mm-hmm. And what's my theory? is that it's all about meaning there's a book called man's search for meaning by Victor Frankel. Frankel absolutely I actually heard about it from, first from Tony Robbins mm-hmm. early uh, 2000s yeah and if there's no meaning to what theory we're talking about mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter right I think that my own zeitgeist my own outlook mm-hmm. it's to have that meaning yeah so man's search for meaning yeah Searching for meaning, assigning meaning to stuff, mm-hmm. what's meaningful to you, what isn't. Mm-hmm. We can't put all the energy into something and totally neglect something that has meaning. So okay. what's what the theory is, it's all about meaning. Whatever it means to you, that's, that's what the value is. That's huge. So, again, I want to thank you for, for coming on the show today, coming on the interview. Um, is there anything about yourself that you think is an important part of who you are that we didn't get to talk about today? Like, in other words, what did I miss? That is a really good question. I think that um, I'm, I'm personally totally unimportant to you guys and to you. I'm, I'm just another freaking human like everyone else. Mm-hmm. I might be super important to me, mm-hmm. to my family, mm-hmm. uh, to some of my friends. Yeah. I hope so. But it doesn't really matter. It's about what each and every person takes for themselves, mm-hmm. what they do with their life. Yeah. There's so much opportunity. And just deal deal with the crap that we sometimes are faced because everyone has some. And and move on. If you're going th- you know, Churchill said if you're going through through hell, keep, keep going. going. Yeah. Keep going. So keep going. If you can't do it on your own, get help. Mm-hmm. Get someone to help you and remember that that your failures are what what's going to give empathy mm-hmm. and allow other people to relate to you when when you're up and they're down mm-hmm. and you can you can truly say to them listen i know how you feel mm-hmm. i felt the same way i've been through that let me help you out you wow. know put your ego aside that's huge and accept help and one day in turn you'll be able to to truly help someone else in it so I'm 24, right? I'm 44. <laughs> um, I have a, a few businesses, but this show is my greatest passion. What question, and, and knowing that, what question should I be asking you that I'm just not thinking about that, that I wouldn't think to ask? You're always going to miss stuff. Mm-hmm. This is like Seinfeld with George Costanza. 
with the, the comeback, the stuff that he, he wanted to say but didn't say. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the, the ocean rang, you know, they're, they're running out of jerks or whatever that was. Mm -hmm. And uh, the stuff that he didn't say and want, should have said, but he didn't. We are always going to miss something, mm -hmm. you know. And that's why we always, you know, my, my next startup company, one's going to do uh, be an emergency response yeah. platform. Mm -hmm. Some ideas that I had since 2006. Mm -hmm. And the next, the one after that, uh, it's our time travel yeah. startup. And we already have a slogan for the time travel, time travel startup. It's never too late to make a first impression. Ah, I like okay? that. So, uh, so yeah, so this is BS. I don't have that time travel thing lined up. But, but <laughs> it's the a good bottom slogan line, there. But the, <laughs> yeah, but the, but the bottom line here is that it's it's never too too late to make a first impression. You can screw up. People mm -hmm. can think lowly of you, but you have another chance to shine. And if you forget to ask someone a question, you can always have another conversation later on and catch up and ask. You know, you're wow. always going to miss something out, and it's okay. Well, Lee, I want to thank you so much, man. I really do appreciate your time. Likewise. You're the freaking man. So, uh, thank you again. Thank, thank you. Thank man. you. To everybody who's watching, I want to thank y'all so much. Y'all are the reason that I do this. You know, whether you're watching, whether you're listening, whatever it may be, I love you guys. Thank you so much. We're coming to you from Jackson Square in New Orleans. Hope you guys have a fantastic day, and I'll see you on the next episode.